What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Out Front. We are super happy to have you guys back here for yet episode 16. Wow, time flies. <laughs> um, Looking at the agenda right now, and as always, Out Front is going to bring you loads of interesting topics, loads of information, and we are going to be talking about some interesting stuff today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Another day in the United States of America. If you don't know what I'm talking about, referring to the election, obviously this will be an election special episode. One of the biggest events in our nation's history, as every election is. But first, obviously, we're going to hop into team things with my fellow co-host, Chuz Ravian. What's our topic? Hello, guys. Welcome. Um, You know, we're going to get a little biological today on this episode of Outfront and Official and talk about a trend that a lot of kids have been doing for quite really, a long time. I really like that word biological. That should be the Bio- Cuz it is. It is biological and um believe it or not this is this happens among people. People do this thing. Um is it the most respected thing? Sometimes not, but does do most people do it? They do. They do. Um we're going to be talking about no nut November. Um Colin. Do you know what no nut November is? Fortunately, I do. You do, you do, and um, yep. Nathan, you know, you know what it is, right? Nathan knows firsthand what it is. Nathan knows what it is. Great. Um, so basically, no, no, November. It's the challenge where people they'll wait a month, and basically the whole month they have to try not to bust. That's the right. Word. <laughs> no, they have to try not to ejaculate, and um, it's actually interesting. Um. A lot of tests and scientific fa- facts have come out of No Nut November, and people learned a lot. Um, one source I'm not going to mention due to privacy reasons. They have said that it is actually healthy if you do wait a month psychologically, because it can help your social skills and talking to people. Believe it or not, masturbating can sometimes affect your social skills. Negatives from it, it somehow does affect. Um, you mentally in other cases where people, they can't always hold all that sperm in, scientifically speaking. So it's got to come out one way or another, which will either come out in urine, other flu- bodily fluids, or lucid dreams, wet dreams. Um, what I mean by that is you ejaculate in your sleep. So, Colin, are you participating in No Not November? No. It's dumb. You're not? I've already done it enough because of Boy Scouts, so I'm good. Interesting. So, what do you think? I went. I mean, I had to go camping. Well, boys. This was pre. This was pre uh, puberty. What? I'm so confused. Never mind. Oh, I yeah, myself yeah, am participating yeah, in what? I'm still in Boy Scouts. You're still in Boy Scouts. Yes, that's why I said that. <laughs> been in Boy Scouts for the past decade. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've always actually wanted to be in the Boy Scouts, but I've never got the chance to go and do it. Okay. It's really sad. Sometimes I go on to the woods by myself. And- oh, okay. Let's, let's move on. I'm just kidding. Not to be weird, though, the segment of No Not November, I wanted to bring it up because it's a really interesting topic so among a lot of people. A lot of people have mixed emotions about it. I, frankly, am neutral. Um, I'm neither for it or against it. Um, I think it's overall just like an interesting thing, that, like an interesting challenge. And um, from what I've learned, it actually does help social skills. So um, let's see how that plays out. Put down in the comments if you're uh, participating in this annual No Not November. Um, a lot of teens are doing it. Um, one more segment I want to talk about with teen things is um, be careful what you do on the internet. Um, there are a lot of predators out there. You don't know who you're talking to. Be careful when you text people. Don't always try to meet up with people. Make sure you really know who you're talking to and being safe on the internet. And I think that's a good segue to bring us into our next topic, Fantasy Football Outlook Week 9. Outlook Week 9. Well, I mean, uh, we're going to always bring in our fantasy expert, Nathan Borschild. Nathan, obviously, a uh, very interesting week for many players. Very, uh, very interesting. Uh huh. Who do you have uh, for your start and, sit, uh, start and sit this week? I don't know. Well, Nathan. A lot of good options this week. Wait, really quick. We just want to introduce you. This is, of course, you know, 
the famous Nene Borchel, Nathan Borchel, um, class of 2022. He's going to be talking about, he, our fantasy expert will give us his expert picks. Great to have you on the show today, Nathan, once again. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, I think there's a lot of good picks for the week. Um, I'm very excited to watch the, I believe it's Monday Night Football, or Sunday Night Football. Um, I'm going to say Monday Night Football is going to be a joke. Sam Darnold's most likely not going to play. So Saints versus uh, Buccaneers. That would be uh, rematch of week one. I um, think I think Bucks got that win. I think yeah. Bucks got it. It's you you really the first game of a full Michael Thomas hopefully and as well as Antonio Brown coming back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think both of those guys start probably Antonio Brown's more like a flex option. Um, I, th- I, I think I think personally you I'm I'm personally waiting to see how I don't think you start him just yet. I want to see how involved he is in this offense because there's so many targets and I just feel comfortable enough just because of what I've heard from camp. I've heard that he's he's exactly what he was when he left, which is scary to think about. Yeah, yeah. how good that team's gonna be. Um, but yeah, no, I understand if you if you if you have a more if you have a better option. Uh, a risk really worth taking, I think. Um, um, just just to let you guys know this right now. Drew Brees has a four and two record head to head against Tom Brady. Really? Mm-hmm. I think uh, though, talking about you know starting sits, I think Jonathan Taylor of the Colts probably should stick to your bench this week. A lot of factors are driving into him not really having the greatest performance. I think Nathan, would you agree with me on that? He had the best season, surprisingly. Um, he has a fantastic O line, but I mean, really, what we've seen with that offense, Phillips, did, but even a three-headed monster um, between Hind. The new guy Wilkins, who just broke out last week, um, and Jonathan Taylor. So he's not getting any bulk production, which is, I think, you have to consider. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you also have to account for the fact that apparently he was uh, a little banged up heading into this week. That's what the Rivers had said. And, you know, the, I think the Ravens have probably one of the best run defenses. In the NFL, and Taylor primarily gets most of his touches on the ground, so I don't think it's the best target uh, for a running back this week. Um, another player I really like this week is I like Darren Waller a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you explain why? It's a division rivalry matchup um, against the Chargers. I see. Um, and I think I think he's just a huge part of the offense in that they're going to use him a lot. Chargers, and I think he's a, I think he's a safe option overall. And another guy I like is DJ Dallas, out of Seattle. Really? Yes, because Carson and Hyde are both out right now. Yep, and he'll split with Homer, but I think he'll get the majority of the touches. Um, also, think. Todd Gurley will have a pretty good game as he did last week. Um, yeah, I think those guys are more they're more due for a big game. Mm-hmm. Do we have any um how would I say this? Any um dark horses? Dark horses? Uh, mm-hmm. Um I think I think Damien Harris, I think he's a good uh Dark horse. Yeah, I think he could look really good. Well, I mean, you're going against the Jets. They're most likely – I think they're going to easy win with Flacco playing, and I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. And he's already – he's had 200-yard uh, games in two games. So, I mean, it's been pretty efficient. Right. Uh, not that this is really a dark horse, but I to put up big numbers again against the Raiders. Um, I he's just been 
he's been amazing actually this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next big games for Will Fuller as well as Brent Cooks. I think both of those Texan receivers. They're against a Jaguars secondary. Um, I think it's a, probably a really good game for the Texans. It's one of the the uh, good value game people are saying for survivor pool, the Texans, if you can get away with it. Um, now, of course, that's a risk, but I think it's definitely an interesting call. Um, and I like I like Chase Pool or Claypool, Chase Claypool. Yes, he's uh he's been great out of Pittsburgh. They're against a bad Dallas defense. I don't know if they're going to be able to rebound. That game seems like start all the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-huh. Um, but but on that game, I'm very concerned rest of the season and this for all um, Cowboy fantasy players, including Zeke. Mm-hmm. They all concern me. Um, right now, I have Zeke probably at, as my like RB10. Um, but I think it's going to go down every week. I mean, I think we're going to see this guy start averaging 12 a week, and he's not going to be some, some first-round pick like he was. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think he's in the middle of a, you know, a free fall. Now, with him falling back, I do think Chris Caffrey is going to come back and take over and be right back where he started. How soon? Like a game? You give it one game or two games? I don't think you can sit him if he's um, – I expect him to do well this week. I would, but would you limit him, though? If I, was, if I was the Panthers? Yeah. I would maybe a little, maybe for this one week. Yeah. Not, not where it's like a big deal, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'm giving him 20 touches and I might give him – more uh, like closer to 15, 16. Because you have to remember, Mike Davis has been. Um, and so to just sit that guy on the bench and not use him at all, I understand yeah. that who he's the backup of, but he's been phenomenal. And so I think he'll get, I think he'll get a couple PPR points. So be cautious with him. Yeah, but I would not, I'm not saying I would play Mike Davis. But yeah, I, I guess you will take a couple points off of um, McCaffrey in this week. Um, I think definitely, if you don't have them, definitely a, a must start uh, for the Patriots defense. They haven't had like they've been must start for most of the year, but I think against the Joe Flacco led New York Jets, I think they're a must start. This defense will really have a great game. Yes. Um, I also think another that might be that probably will be available on waiver wires. I think Redskins against Giants, I think, is a pretty good pick. Um, the Redskins defense actually isn't that bad. Um, oh, yeah. No, I have them in, a, in the Loyola League we're in. They get sacks and, and they're good. And I don't think, I mean, I see Max Giants score is probably 20 close to that. So, I feel comfortable playing. I think they're probably a top five defense for the week. Um, I think you could start Giants uh, defense as well. And yeah, in a, especially in a deeper league, if you, if you I, I would do that. I think they're safe. Yeah. Um, now, sadly, so, sorry about this, Charlie, but I also think Cardinals are probably a safe pick. I agree. Um, here's why, because um. Tua, that's why. Okay. So, basically, if – look, I'm being real here. Um, the Dolphins, yes, they did beat the Rams. However, did we beat them because of our offense? No, we did not. In fact, if our defense was not playing that well, we would have lost. Um, it would have been a tough game. I don't think we'd lose by a lot, but it would have been a very tough game. Tua's got to get going. And um, right now, the Cardinals, they have a really solid offense, and I don't think – the Dolphins' defense is going to be able to stop them. Like, they were able to stop the Rams. Also, I think Jared Goff didn't have the best week at all. So, uh, the sad reality, if you are a Dolphins fan, um, 
I I wouldn't feel uncomfortable putting the Cardinals over the Dolphins. Another uh, defense that will be available is the Texans defense against the Jaguars. Because keep in mind, Minshew is out. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lennon. Jake Luton will be starting. I thought it was Mike Lennon, uh, Lennon, but it's Mike Lennon, I think. I believe it's Jake Luton. Uh, let me look up. He's a rookie. I believe the Rutler started. Oh, maybe. No, it's uh, – oh, yeah, it is Luton, I guess. So, to me, that's, like, really good if you have Texans defense. I mean, I think, though, um, a good player because of that, I think James Robinson – Yes, I, I, I would assume James Robinson's probably going to get a big bulk. Um, the only problem that we might see with Robinson is if – They fall behind. Texans are able to get big early – they might be forced to throw the ball early in the game. Um, but, I mean, i not not saying I would sit Robinson. I mean, oh, he's, no. he's still going to play. But I, I, I feel good playing the Texans defense. Well, uh, I think we should move on to survivor picks. Um, mine is obviously Patriots. I think this is one of the uh, rare times that they are – a must start, and I think they have the most value, a guaranteed win. So, definitely a top three pick of the week. Um, they're probably considered in one of the uh, like one of the safer picks. Um, also, a lot because they really don't have another time you can pick them unless you have them week 17 against the Jets again. Are you talking about, what team are you talking about? Oh, the Patriots still. Um, so I feel like if I, which I don't know that you can rely on there being even a week 17 in Survivor. So if you're going to use them, um, I, I feel, con- I would say this is the week to use them. Now, keep in mind, if you don't have it, it all, you need to just get by the week. You might want to go either Kansas City if you still had them or like Pittsburgh just to guarantee it. I still uh-huh. feel comfortable with with New England, but if you want a legit playoff team um that's going to guarantee the win and there's not many people left in your pool, then I think I would go with that. But otherwise, um for instance, I have I believe like 31 people left in my league. I'm I'm going to go with Patriots this week. Uh uh-huh. And I feel again. I um, we want to congratulate Nathan. Nathan, you're doing really well in your survival pool. I am. Yes, gonna, uh, it I'm was two hundred people, right? Uh three hundred. Wow. So, so far, there's a little over three hundred. So so far, like two ninety five out. Okay, well, good stuff. Um, I have a question, and it's not really about Survivor. It's more of more of a do we think the bills are a legit team no that's, that's no. hear me out hear me out will the seahawks kind of that game kind of determine whether or not they're actually a good team i i don't i honestly don't think uh the bills are can even be considered a playoff team after their performance against the patriots they barely beat them a fumble literally was a, like a a solid defensive play a one possession game that was close until the end. They only won by a field goal against and then that Patriots team that's kind of was on a four game losing streak. And you can't have that type of game against contenders like the Chiefs, Ravens. I just I don't and I don't think they're a really a solid playoff team. I still think they're a wild card team. I well, get that. Yeah, at least they're not wild card team in terms of standings, but in the way in the way they play is why I say that. I think they're so good. But I do agree with saying they're not one of those teams where you're, like, terrified to play, like the oh, Chiefs. Yeah. I think most playoff teams that will make the playoffs will be able to beat them unless they're, like, no offense. I think even the Chargers could beat them because the Chargers have much a much better offense, in my opinion. Um, so, wait, so just to clarify, you think they're – 
you when you said wild card, you just mean like top. You think you just mean like sixth in the conference, not. No, no, no. I mean they play like a wild card team. That they, in terms of talent, like not talent, in terms of performance, they're a wild card team. But in terms of standings, they're obviously a division leader. But I just don't think they're that good of a team. I mean, they play like they're still a tenants right, team right. last year. You think they will win the division? I said right now they're winning the division. That's why I, I don't. And I don't think in the long run because they're hitting the hard part of their schedule. They're playing the uh, a, not the NFC West, playing a lot of the most difficult teams that we lost to, and I think they're going to lose too. So I think the Patriots aren't. I think people are counting them out a little too early. Um, but I do. I do think they definitely have a much better chance to win than the Patriots. Obviously, in terms of record. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, they're playing teams like Seattle. I think their defense is like, in terms of fantasy, their their defense is not a start anymore. Um, so look at their, I mean, so you think they'll lose to like the Arizona? Who are the Bills? Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know, because I think, I mean, so if I agree, if they if they lose to Arizona, then I think they're in trouble. Because mm-hmm. you have to look at the schedule. They're playing the Seahawks tomorrow, playing the Cardinals, Arizona, playing the Chargers. They're playing the Niners. Niners aren't, like, amazing, but they're, they're going to be a little more healthy in a month. They have to play the Steelers, Broncos. They have to play the Patriots again, who they barely beat, and the Dolphins, who are looking pretty decent on defense and offense was better when Fitzpatrick was around, but maybe yeah. by the end of the season they'll have it together. So I'm not entirely confident – I think they're going maybe last eight games, one and seven or two and six. Wow. They're not beating the, they're not they're not beating the Seahawks. I don't think they're beating the Cardinals. I don't I think they're losing probably next five games, maybe six. Uh-huh. Five in a row losses. I think they could lose every game. I think that's a very possible reality for them. Well, of course they could they can I I, I I definitely don't think they will lose every game. Yeah. Um, I probably think that I think they're a solid team. I think they, I think they started off the season really well, and they honestly looked like they could have a chance at winning the Super Bowl through weeks one through three. Then they fell off big time. Uh, Josh Allen has not close. To the same. He's looked like his typical self. He's not been close to the same. Um, but I think I think they're gonna run away with the division. Um. I think I think in the they'll finish off the season. Let's see, one, two, three. Uh, yeah, I think they'll finish off the season going like six and two. Uh six and two. Oh, oh, you finish two. I think they're finishing they're following four. I know. I, I, my projected record for them, like the end of season, nine seven. What are they right now? They're they're, they're six and two. Yeah, so I. Think but then I think but, choke to one of the weaker teams. So you think they'll go three and five in the next? Pretty much, yeah. I think that's the most likely reality is they go three and five. And I do have the Patriots winning the division still. I still think they have a very real possibility of winning because they have a much more favorable matchup. I think they're going to go the Patriots probably six and two is my projected record. What are now, they- I would like to know. Is Cam Newton? What's what's up with him? Is he good or he actually he had a pretty decent game last game. He it's just it's his mistakes coming like the worst times. It's like uh-huh. he made one mistake and it costs the game. Wait, Colin, you said you said six and two for the Patriots in the next. We have to play the Jets. We're gonna lose to the Ravens. We'll beat the Texans. I think we can beat the Cardinals because we're pretty good against young QBs. Uh-huh. Wait, so you don't. So this this is where I have an issue with this. You, have an issue with think, you think Patriots are beating Cardinals, but the Bills will lose the Cardinals. Yes. Yeah, I don't – but the Bills just beat the Patriots. Yeah, narrowly. But still – like... and, guess, and guess whose fault that was? Typically, it's Cam Newton's. You know, nothing against him, but he kind of makes mistakes at the worst time. I think the mm-hmm. Patriots – Probably end their season three and three, maybe or four and four. Where are you getting? Why? Who do you think we're losing to? 
I think you're losing to the Raiders, Cardinals, Rams, Bills. I don't. Th- I don't see us losing again. Guys, guys, I hate to interrupt, but due to personal issues, I must uh, depart from the podcast right now. Oh boy! But um, I wish you guys the best of luck we can and finish it. We can wrap it up right now. I think. Well, we we still have some things to talk about. So. Yeah, okay. but I have to. I have to leave you right have now to go. personal issues. Um, I'll explain later, but I'm just going to give my little goodbye right now. Thank you guys for listening to half the podcast so far. I must go. I will see you guys next week. Please enjoy Nathan and Colin. They will be taking over. They are very trusted in this department. So I wish you guys the best of luck and have a safe night. See you guys. All right, guys, since, uh, Charlie's now leaving, unfortunately, we're going to move on to our next topic. Uh, this will be a little short one. Out front has decided, you know, we need content. You know, obviously, we always need something new for you guys to enjoy. So we have created the Out Front Madden Fantasy League. This is going to be kind of a weekly thing. We'll kind of let you in. Um, I'm just going to explain what it is. Basically, what we're going to be doing every week, we have drafted our own Madden uh, NFL team. We're going to be running our own franchise. And every week, we'll be playing a game. We'll give you an update on how everything's going, who's winning, who's losing, who's performing, and who's, you know, any big trades that happen. Um, we drafted last night. Uh, we're heading to week one, quote unquote, week one for us uh, tonight in about a couple hours. League will advance. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, you know, give a, a weekly update. Obviously, there's no update for now. Um, otherwise, we're going to get into the most controversial part of this top, not controversial, but in terms of what's going on, it is uh, the election. 2020 election just happened. This past Tuesday, and Joe Biden today was declared president-elect of the United States. But this election is far from over. Um, even according to current President Donald Trump, this is, and from my personal point of view, this election is very far from over. I think it's a little, I know obviously he's winning the electoral college and, you know, obviously he is right now, but there's a lot of things that need to be addressed before we can for sure say he is the president-elect along with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Nathan, um, were you surprised that, uh, Biden won, uh, right. As of right now. Meaning what do you, what do you mean by that? In terms of like the media calling it or. Yeah. In terms of the media calling it, were you surprised that they called it? No, no, I wasn't surprised that they called it. Um, but, but I definitely think that, I think that they do. I think that they should inform their viewers like you said, that it really is not over. Um, there is no part of any um, document, uh, documents, like specifically the U.S. Constitution, that states that the, the legacy left media are able to declare who wins the presidency. Yeah. Um, only once it's certified will we know, once all the votes are counted. Um, so I think it's fine that they called it, but I don't, I'm not a fan of um, them not really informing their uh, viewers that it's possible as well as even, I'm not a fan of the Biden speech necessarily either. Yeah. I agree uh, with that. Personally, I don't think it's right when, when Trump's um, uh, court cases will start Monday. Um, and, and those court cases I think are going to have, could possibly have like a very big impact. And if they're big enough, I think they could potentially turn around the election. There's some interesting ones, um, especially in Philadelphia. Um, a lot of interesting claims going there. Uh, Michigan. Um, and then, of course, the recount in uh, Georgia. Now, keep in mind, those three states could win or lose for Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest headlines that I was watching on the news and on the new, uh, and online was that Michigan apparently suffered a technical glitch, um, according to the Republican, uh, you know, the GOP chairman there, that turned uh, Republican votes to Democratic votes, so it went from Trump to Biden. I think that's very big, and also that court case will also decide if Trump has, still has a chance. Right, and we have to figure out was this a glitch? Was it a feature? Where else did this happen? And why did it happen? Yeah. Uh, and I think that 
And one of the big things is I have someone that brought up to me in Philadelphia is they have a history. This isn't something new. They have a history of voter fraud, apparently, in the Philadelphia area. So I think that's something very to to look uh, keep an eye on. Yes, I do. Do you know what? What is? Do you know um, Biden's current lead in Philadelphia? I can actually check that right now if you go to election. Uh, you know, currently he has 290 votes. Let's look at the Philadelphia. Uh, let's look. So right now, in terms of the entire state, Philadelphia, uh, not in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Trump is uh, currently trailing Joe Biden uh, by about 35,000 votes, 37 to be exact. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia area. So, um, so the Trump campaign um, is claiming that roughly about 125,000 votes in Pennsylvania should not be counted. Um, not necessarily just for Biden, just in general. What, whatever was counted in that in Philadelphia um, during that time period. That so much yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely uh, agree. Um, because I did also hear there were there was a lot of things on conspiracy theories that were also seen. They were apparently backdating. Um, I mean, these aren't unconfirmed reports I've seen on the news. This is not really conspiracy theory, but they are apparently backdating, so they count. So, I mean, there's a lot of, and there's video, there's even a video of a postman uh, offering to sell a guy ballots. I mean, this is, uh, can't be happening. So what happened, what happened in Philadelphia is probably the Trump campaign's best claim that they have um, and like evidence in order to provide. And what it is that, they weren't allowed to go view, properly view the poll workers and everything. Yeah. So what they did was they went to the government of Philadelphia and were able to get the warrant to do so. And even with the warrant, they went there and then weren't allowed. And the government has said that that should have been allowed to go in. Yeah, I, I know for a fact that is against the law in, in the first place to deny viewers um, of either, you know, of anyone can, uh, is allowed to go in, but to deny them is against the law. Right. So, um, and there's clear that this is not a, that is not a conspiracy. They're both sides. Yeah, that's not, that is not. And there's clear video footage um, of Trump attorneys uh, asking and, and uh, poll workers um, or poll, I don't know what you would call them, monitors, I guess, the people yeah, that like uh, supervisors would be the yes, one. yes. Uh, they're just saying that they're still working on it and getting a result when the result really was there, yeah. Um, so that definitely will be interesting to see how that lays out. Um, you did uh, someone brought you did bring this up to me, uh, that you had noticed it was just something we hadn't seen before, and I agreed with you on it the voter irregularity. In some states, not every state, but I think it was some states. And uh, are you talking about like um, in Michigan? I know that was one big thing I did. Notice. There are Michigan's definitely the big case. Um, you especially you, not even Donald Trump. You look at like um, John James. Yes, uh, a good friend of my family apparently. So he was. So he had a he had a big lead. Um. And was really he was headed to win. He was looking to win. Yeah. And all of a sudden it went down really fast. Um and I don't know what he's losing by now. It's definitely not a huge margin. He's only uh oh, it's huge now. It's apparently almost it's about seventy six thousand, seventy five thousand. What is that compared though to Trump's in in Michigan? I mean he's Trump's losing by over a hundred thousand. Right. So you see these like margins. They're very odd. Um to see the difference between the Senate race and the presidency. Um in my opinion a lot of it really doesn't match up. Yeah, if you if you look at Georgia, let's look at Georgia here. Georgia has 9,000 difference in terms of the presidency race, the president race. If you go to the Senate, Republican was winning David Perdue was beating John John Ossoff by almost a hundred thousand votes. 
that's a very, I mean, that doesn't make sense. Right. And, and overall though, this election has been very positive for the Republican party. Um, and so to have these flip seats and everything and, and maintain, potentially maintain the Senate, which yeah. all of this FYI was against what all the polls said. Oh, the uh, polls were off by a mile. So this is the problem with the polls. So you get the polls and everyone's like, you know, the silent majority for Trump. Yeah. But there is no such thing as the silent majority for these Republican senators. That's not a real claim. You can't say that. And so when the polls are still off with the senators by these large margins, then there's clearly an issue. Oh, yeah. And I think that some people may deny this, but I think voter suppression is a very real thing with the polls. Yes. Because, because um, if, if I'm seeing that Trump's going to lose, let's say I'm going to make something up. I think it was about like seven or eight points. He's going to lose in Michigan, something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Why, why am I going to go vote if he's going to go get killed? Like, why am I going to waste my time? If I'm gonna, because most Republicans vote in person. Both I mean, Democrats vote through mail. What so, really, CNN, um, MSNBC, ABC, Washington Post, et cetera, New York Times, they all need to look themselves hard in the mirror and understand the issues that they are causing. Um, and you, it's really, it's just like false information you're spreading around. Yeah, because there were some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, some polls that had Trump, uh, not Trump, Biden winning the election by 15 points, like the popular vote. And if you look at it now, Biden's winning by about four points. That's a huge margin. Like you look uh, at Florida, they had Biden up in Florida. Trump yeah. won it pretty easily. You won it bi- uh, bigger than last year, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the whole—it's just—it's uh, a disaster, and I think it shows the flaws in our election system and all the polls and the mainstream media. They need to, like you said, they need to really re- self-review themselves and see what's going wrong so we can, you know, we have more accurate polls and we're not seeing Trump losing by 15 points in reality. He's only losing by about four. Right. I mean, um, if it was like six or seven points, that's understandable. I mean, it's, you're not going to be perfect, but when you're off by that big of a margin, that's when we start asking questions. And when you have these, you know, big, uh, like I said, legacy media uh, companies that are viewing their information to millions of people and then to not say that there is no effect in that, um, that that does not affect the outcome of the election is, is crazy. Yeah. I, I'm, it's just blatantly lying. Right. There's no other way to put that. You're just uh, lying to the people now. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it right now. Trump supporters definitely feel very. Uh, I'd say cheated out is the word. They they feel like they feel like they did not. They have not lost. Um, and to be honest, there is no like the, we won't or not we, but uh, Trump report, uh, supporters will not feel this way until they are comfortable uh, with. Um, knowing that it was legitimate because what everyone's going to say is that no matter what happens, that Trump supporters are going to deny the outcomes. And that's not true. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I definitely think I'll accept the outcome when it's shown that that, know, is the process was fair. that is not true. But when you have so many instances like this, um, there's like big flaws happening. Like you can't expect us not to complain when there's, things that don't typically happen in past elections, even like in last election, none of this happened to this scale. And, right. and the, the left side, because this was mainly the left side's complaint, the, the GOP was like, we don't want, um, especially Trump, he was like, we don't want mail-in votes because of mass, poss- like possible mass corruption and voter fraud. And the, the Democrats, the left side, said this was not a thing. Even all the supporters said this was false news and that, mail-in uh, in, uh, ballot voting always worked. But what people didn't realize is we've never done it to this scale before. Right. We've never yeah. had millions and millions of votes, a majority of the, the people voting through mail. 
This has never happened before. So you can't say that with no evidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, also, I just, you see all the, the rallies today in support for Joe Biden. Um, and I just think, I just think how hypocritical it is when you've been complaining about COVID this whole time and then you go rally. Oh, uh, yeah in these, you know, thousands of groups of people. Um, it's just so, it's just so hypocritical against what you've been saying this whole time. Yeah. And, and even one of my teachers, I won't say what class, cause I want to get, uh, you know, but he even said that the Democrats aren't as consistent with their claims and beliefs as the GOP is, you know, if they're wrong, they're going to tell you you're wrong. They'll, they'll admit that they're wrong. Most of the time liberals will be like, Oh no, you know, we were, They'll be they'll go against what they said two months ago. Kamala Harris has done it. Joe Biden's done it. Pretty much all of them have done it. So so here's what I though see with with if if Joe Biden ends up being the forty sixth president, um, what's going to happen is COVID's going to go away, not because of his efforts, but because of Trump's campaign and his job. Um, we're going to see it go away. In fact, you'll see what you'll notice is you'll notice that uh, these big mainstream media companies will stop covering COVID-19 like they do or have been. Yeah. Um, and they'll hide it and they'll say that they'll show these numbers of how it's going so well. Um, yeah. And in addition, the economy is going to do well, um, especially if the Senate is Republican economy is still going to do really well. Um, and so, and these are things because of Trump. If, if Biden literally does nothing, everything's going to be positive because of what Trump does. Yeah, what. because the economy is, I think the economy is going to tank though, because what, according to Biden, he wants to tax the 400,000 and up. But people are like, oh, it's great, it's great. And you know, the rich are getting taxed more. What, I, what people don't understand is the people that you're taxing are your, they're the CEOs of these massive corporations that right. you work for that drive our economy. So when you tax them, they may have to cut workers. They may, and that's going to, again, hurt the economy. Right. You're hurting wow. our workforce and you're hurting the you know, production. People don't realize that when you tax the people who are driving the economy, the economy is going to start tanking. Well, no, this is what's going to happen. So you, for instance, someone, a company like Amazon, for instance, let's say. Yeah. What these big companies are going to do is they're not going to use American labor and they're going to go to Asia to get cheap labor there. Okay. Oh, and that just hurts the American economy. Want to talk about being one for the American people. Now you're now you're just helping Chinese government getting money because this, they can't afford to hire thousands of people to, uh, with uh, Biden's plans and everything. This is and, you know, this is like a repeat of history. I literally just learned this. You, APUS history, I just learned this. The owners will turn to the immigrants and foreign workers because they will take less pay. Yes. And they'll right. do the same thing. Why this are you going to make the... Southeast Asia, um, um, other, you know, third world countries. Um, and, and you're just going to have uh, hundreds of thousands of jobs lost because of this in america and that's again gonna hurt our economy so i mean this is like this is not gonna go well for us if biden ends up being president economic wise and i and you know he's gonna repeal the the trump tax cuts which is gonna hurt everyone um you're gonna lose all the money you saved in the past four years and you're gonna lose that now right which you know for some people that's important some maybe not but for some it is you know it could be a difference maker. And uh, we're obviously going to go back into the, the, what's it called? The, what's it called? The climate deal. We're going to go back into that with Biden. Uh, even though we just left it like a couple yeah. weeks ago. We'll be able to make um, a bunch of climate change issues uh, happen. I don't believe he can pass the Green New Deal or whatever he was planning on doing with a Republican Senate though. I no, believe. I don't. I don't think a single Republican will vote for that. And if they hold that extreme, um, same with packing the court, all those kind of extreme ideas do not, will not be yeah. able to. Happen. And with, 
Well, yeah, because you have to think about it to expand the court. You have to have, that's a constitutional change that requires a super majority. That is extremely hard to get nowadays with partisan politics. Um, and I don't think you're going to get two thirds, like, you know, the Republicans gained house in this, uh, gains house, gained seats in the house. They also, you know, they lost, they're also on track to keep their majority in the Senate. So I don't think they're going to be able to do such a thing. Yeah, um, for the, I mean, if Republicans are able to secure the Senate for the next two years, really, there's not much Joe can do. Yeah, um, that to like to an extreme extent where he's really changing everything. Um, he'll be able to he'll be able to end Trump's Muslim ban. Um, yeah, that's that's a definitely uh, going to go away. In all honesty, though, I wouldn't be surprised if the Supreme Court is more productive than Joe Biden's uh, presidency. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Because on what Amy uh, Coney Barrett's going to be able to do and what they'll overturn, um, et cetera. I also think, but going back to the, the Supreme Court, now that Amy Coney Barrett's now in that court, they also they didn't make a decision last time because John Roberts, uh, the chief of the Supreme Court, sided with the liberals, and they you know they ended up on a tie in terms of the votes. Now Amy Coney Barrett is there, and that's another vote uh, you know on the conservative side. It's obviously six three conservative, and I think that's why it, that was so that that uh, what's it called the nomination and confirming confirming of ACB was so important, uh, and it's now going to have a major impact on this, uh, on our nation. Right. I don't think people realize that then that, you know, she's going to have an impact, but they, and, but she's going to have a major impact, not just on issues in our country, but now the presidency. So, um, yeah. So just to wrap it up, um, I think that let's say <clears throat> assuming I mean, just in general for the next couple months, uh, especially before, whoever, you know, if, if Biden gets inaugurated, what Trump needs to do is he's going to need the campaign big for his Republican Senate uh, in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and yeah, honestly, Joe's going to do the same thing. Um, so that we're going to see record numbers of, in terms of money put into that race. Um, yeah. But that's going to be must a must win for both parties and i think it'll be interesting to play out um and also if if trump you know if it doesn't go well in 2020 and he wants to do 2024 he really has to get them into the senate um because then you'll you'll leave off on a really good note in terms of republican party yeah and you'll, and, have, you'll have a strong base and i think if let's say if Biden gets elected and Trump intends to run again. If Biden doesn't do what he says he's going to do, and the economy's not doing as well, everything's kind of just not really doing extremely well. That sets up a good platform for him to, you know, get that second term. Is Joe Biden going to run a second? I would assume so. You know, but then again, Trump is in the same situation as Biden. I feel like when you run for president, that's kind of what you you're kind of prepared for that. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. This is like your last, your last ride. You're pretty much done with everything after you're a president. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't think like Kamala will just be the face of it for the second term. I think she's, I think she's obviously the next face because she's a person of color. She's a, uh, you know, a black American woman who's now as at the moment, vice president elect. Right. Uh, could possibly change a course with everything going on. But as the moment, she's the vice president elect. And I mean, I think she's obviously the next face for the democratic party and the nomination because of she's right. been now the vice president and she could now, she's probably going to work for president. And as a woman, that's very uh, monumental and a, a big achievement for our nation. If she won because of, she'll be the first woman president. Right. Um, but the question is, in the Republican Party, who is the next guy? Who's going to step up? Um, um, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Will it be one of Trump's kids? Yeah. Ivanka? I don't know. Um, I think Nikki Haley would be a solid pick. 
the former ambassador. Mm-hmm. She'd be a great, um, but just to wrap things up, finally, people haven't noticed that the GOP is now diversifying. There's a Cuban Americans in Florida that are now, uh, I think representatives or senators for the GOP. And I think, I mean, the GOP is going to start expanding and it's going to, I mean, like, see that, like those are no, another more numbers that just help the whole yeah. conspiracy thing though, with, it doesn't make sense when you have breaking re- record numbers for Africa, minorities. Yeah. Or his uh, Latino. No, it was everything. It was Latinos. It was black Americans. Everything was up compared to pre- previous Republican candidates. Uh, 10 uh, new Republican women in the house. It does. It just doesn't make sense. Everything went up. Um, it did not look good for Democrats. It really didn't. Everything was down. And yeah. They have to look themselves in the mirror and say, why is this happening? Yeah. Uh, uh, especially when in the Latino, why uh, Latino vote, why is this happening? And, and the, the answer is, is they talk about these progressive socialist ideas. And you know what that does? That reminds these immigrants of their communist countries that they've came from. And it brings back this nostalgia. And that's why they've came here and they fear that and they know what can happen when that happens. That's, that's what my grandmother brought up last night is, and same with my grandparents, they brought the fact that these immigrants are coming from socialist countries like Cuba that used right. to be socialist. And now they're getting reminders like, oh, that wasn't fun. It's social. Do I go through that again? No, it doesn't end up well. And they know how this works and they are, they're afraid of it, frankly. And yeah, they know a vote for Trump was a vote against socialism, a vote against that possibly coming to our country. Because I think socialism, if socialism ever happens to our country, our country will fall apart within the next century, if that ever happens. Because I always ask people who support socialism, like how's the USSR? They only lasted, what, they they collapsed. They only lasted seven years. Like, that doesn't turn out well. People don't realize that just because the rich get poor, you're all poor. There's the top and then it's the bottom. It's 1984 by George Orwell all over. The reality is, the book is now becoming reality, and that's not good. Right. And I'm, I'd be scared. You, you, have you read 1984? I have not. Yeah, it's basically where uh, the government controls everything. There's the high class, and then there's the low class, and then there's everyone else. It it's basically shows the bad part of socialism. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that was a fun episode, even though Charlie had to leave halfway through. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to like, subscribe, turn on the notifications. Go follow our socials down below. Charlie, Nathan, and uh, myself, her Instagrams are down below. Follow our Outfront's Instagram, obviously. Um, any last words, Nathan, before we head out? Good talking to you. <laughs> it was great talking to you, man. Um, also, lastly, make sure to go check out our website. We do fancy advice every single week. Uh, Post it on Monday nights or Tuesday day. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. See you guys.